Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Les Kaiser, and Jonathan Green. It's the fastest hour on the radio. Speed City. Good evening, gearheads. Welcome to Speed City. Let's do it. That's Jonathan Green. This is John Massengale. Les Kaiser's still on vacation, and we are two weeks away from Formula One in Austin, Texas. I'm baby. a little bit woozy today. I've been at ACL all weekend. <laughs> uh, you and everybody else in Austin. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. What an event, and what a great showing. I mean, after what has happened in this country in the last few days, to go to a big concert like that and see the support of that concert, a great tribute by Spoon to Tom Petty. Fantastic atmosphere. As Austin, as always, brings it off. Man, Austin, do we have it going on or oh, what I right mean, now? I can ACL. hear it from my balcony at home. I'm rocking along when I was there today. And, and in two weeks, we can hear the Formula One cars going yeah, around the track. Baby. And there'll also be some international superstars in the form of Justin Timberlake and the ever-present and ever-great sitting on one knee occasionally with Colin Kaepernick, <laughs> Stevie Wonder. I know. Can you believe this? This is what a crazy event. I mean, I know last year with Taylor Swift, my daughter loved it. But this year... Oh, you loved it, too. I, no, I did, I did. A little I, bit of father and daughter time? Come oh, was, on, you were rocking it. My daughter, my 11-year-old at the time, was on my shoulders for a really long time watching Taylor Swift. It was pretty awesome, no doubt. Very cool. And right. it's so cool that they're doing that concert. And if you haven't been to the 360 Amphitheater, well worth a go any day of the week because awesome concerts all, all year long. Yeah, speaking of that, people are asking, say, hey, the, the 360 Amphitheater's not that big. Are we? They, they don't do the big concerts no. inside the amphitheater. No, if Les Kaiser was playing, they'd definitely use <laughs> where they use Metallica and everything else. And, you know. <laughs> yeah, but last year, what did they say? 85,000 people were in the audience watching Taylor Swift. So... They've got it in a special place uh, out on the straightaway, back on the back straight at, at Circuit of the Americas. And so I'm assuming they'll have similar numbers for Justin Timberlake and Stevie Wonder this year. And the other 85,000 were watching Hamilton Shift. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what do we got on the show? Number one, we got Mr. Will Buxton, Formula One commentator, going to join us here in just a couple of minutes. And we're going to get all the scoop from the Japanese Grand Prix. And, of course, Jonathan, we're going to talk a little bit about Red Bull. You got yes. something you want to go with with the Red Bull Rallycross, guys? Of course. Guys. Well, the finale's next weekend. I will be in Los Angeles, the City of Angels, uh, for what should be a cracking final. And I want to talk to Will about that as well because it's on NBC. Yes, sir. And speaking of uh, the one thing else we're going to squeeze in besides the USGP coming to Austin and Will Buxton going to talk about uh, the Japanese Grand Prix, but he's also going to tell us all about the Buxton Bash. And if you haven't been to this... It is one of the uh, – it's actually – it's a really intimate, awesome event that's, that Will Buxton puts on. And pretty unique in Formula One terms. And it's, it's to benefit the Susan B. Komen Foundation of Austin. 
But talk about why it's unique, Jonathan, because it's cool. Well, well a, a, that it's Will, and he's, you know, I mean, he's such a popular guy in um, Formula One terms. He knows everybody in it, uh, from, the, from the drivers to the press officers to the teams and stuff. So people, you know, just want to help him wherever they can because he's a good boy. Um, and therefore he brings drivers down. He brings, a massa came in, he told us a story of that. Uh, obviously the NBC boys come over, uh, Lee Diffie, match it, you name it. Uh, Mario Andretti's come. I mean, if you can get the king, the yeah. king, the king of motor racing to come, then that, that's pretty much where you are on the, on, on, the, on the ladder, totem pole of Formula, Formula One and motor racing worldwide. But it's kind of, but the fact that it's an intimate, it's kind of like the fans' forum. Yes, it is. But I think it feels, well, it is a little more intimate because it's closer. The fans' forum is set up with kind of like a stage. Well, if you remember, I hosted that one where we did it uh, Cedar, by Fado. Cedar, 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 uh, Cedar Street, yeah. Cedar Street, yeah. Yeah, yeah. we yeah. had four drivers, and that was a great atmosphere because all the teams came down and threw away merchandise, and everybody got to ask. Somebody asked Perez to marry her, yeah. which was great. So I, I put Perez on the spot. He didn't conclude a, a wedding that night. But, um, yeah, great event. Um, I'm Sadly, they don't do that. Maybe, uh, maybe Will can, uh, you know, forge that forward going on um, because I think having actual drivers on stage and with the crowd interacting with them is great. And there will be that opportunity with memorabilia and some merch as well. Uh, I think anyway. Before I put my no, foot in, said, uh, yeah, Will last on last week's show he said they're going to give away some stuff. Okay, and- great. And uh, and I don't know who all drivers. I think it's free holiday with Jason Swales and a chance to film on off the grid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sorry, so, Jason, if you're listening, I wouldn't well, do that to you. It is going to be like that because you never know what's going to happen. That's the, that's kind of the beauty of it. It's it's a little just impromptu in nature. Yeah. So, hey, let's jump into the Japanese Grand Prix. Yeah, uh, arigato. Uh, yeah, in Japan, it was. Zambate. It was. Uh, I, I don't know, Jonathan. What's your take overall? Well, I mean, you know, there's only one story. There's only one story that really matters, and of course, that is Ferrari's downslide, uh, which we started with. Will he he described it as you've heard on Twitter as the team imploding and as as a complete disaster. I'd be interested to get his take this weekend because it's a just another it's another chapter, sadly, in the crimson faced team that is from Maranello. Well, you're in luck because Mr. Will Buxton is on the line, and we are very excited to welcome Will Buxton back to Speed City. Welcome, Will. How are you doing? Hello, guys. How are you? Morning. I'm, I'm being a bit quieter. Morning. Today. I'm being a bit quieter today, Will. <laughs> I don't want to scare you. No, that's you. fine, mate. That's okay. fine. I've been, I've been listening to you for the last five minutes, so oh, I'm so wide awake, awake now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought you might be. Um, what time is it um, in Japan? I don't know. <laughs> I love that. You don't look out the um, window. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. No, it's okay. It's okay. It's about it's about five past. Were you singing karaoke nine, last think, night in nine. you know where? No, I actually I actually wasn't. I wasn't. Have I you done had that? Quite an early night. Um, no, no. I, I I stay in Yokaichi, mate. So I haven't gone okay. back to Tokyo or anything. We're still we're still down near the track. But des- um, but describe that. No, the, I- the log cabins at Suzuka are famous for karaoke and singing. Gone. And are, are they not? They, They're gone. They, they not. They knocked them down. That's ridiculous. I sang, I made Mika Hakkinen sing Please Mr. Postman with Norbert Haag in those cut log and cabins. I, th- <laughs> I think that's why they knocked them down. <laughs> um, I think you're right, actually. I even had Michael no, Schumacher singing you know, with Inga Strecker, I, I may the- add. I had, the, I had the pleasure a couple of Goodness me, it must be going back about five years now. Um, of going to the log cabin at the Circuit Hotel um, on the Sunday night after a race. And for people that, that don't know the log cabin, as you say, it was the 
it was a sort of the traditional place that everybody ended up at after the Japanese Grand Prix because it was at the Circuit Hotel. Um, and essentially there were four or five little wooden huts in which there was a television set and speakers and everyone did karaoke. And, and a bloody, big, and a bloody big bar. <laughs> yeah, and a larger hut next door, which was a bar. And it always ended up being, being riotous and fairly... Um, an inebriated affair, shall we say. And the last time I went, um, Eddie Jordan was using the television that the words came up on for the karaoke as a bongo. But he can't um, read. Nico Rosberg <laughs> was singing Living on a Prayer louder than any man I've ever heard. Uh, and someone jumped out the window. And, um, and, <laughs> on the second floor. And, um, no, they were, they were lucky they were all on ground floor. But, um, but no, mate, they've, they've, they've gone. Uh, they knocked them down, I think, later that year. Um, and and they've never returned, which is really sad because it right. was a, a big Formula One tradition. I've got a challenge then. Let's, no, my... let's build one. Let's build some log cabins at the end of Turn 11, Circuit of the Americas, and restart the tradition. Bucks, Buxton <laughs> well, Green's know, log well, you cabins. Know what, mate? Pete's, Pete's, <laughs> Pete's has become that tradition now. Pete's is the place where uh, in Austin, people yeah. go on the Sunday night. Yeah, but, but they go on the Sunday night after the race and sing. It's um, Pete's yeah. has become the new log cabin. I haven't made it there yet, but I, 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 I daren't do it. <laughs> It's great fun. It's great fun. Well, Will, I want to start uh, talking to you about the Japanese Grand Prix because, yep. uh, I mean, lots of cool stories, but give us your take overall. Um, beige, man. Japanese Grand Prix is usually so great, but we had that expectation of this wonderful battle between Vettel and Hamilton on the front row of the grid. You know, the, the Mercedes had been dominant when the, uh, when the temperatures were cooler. They were getting warmer. It was playing into, into Vettel's hands. And then, you know, and then the car fails on him and we got robbed of a really great race. Last couple of laps were really exciting. And unfortunately, the, you know, the Alonso Massa battle robbed us of, of maybe a last lap dice between Hamilton and, and Verstappen. So it was just, it could have been so much and it wasn't quite. And so it was, yeah, just, just disappointing, I think, for, 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 for a Japanese Grand Prix that's usually so good. That's a good point. Um, you're right. I mean, the Jap. I mean, I, I love that circuit. Uh, a, a lot of comparisons being made oh, yeah. as to what is the best circuit, and I think Japan gets a, 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 a bum deal in terms of just the timing of it. Obviously, it's late night here. Uh, it's tough. You know, it's just a, it's a, it's a, it's at an odd time for for a worldwide audience to really get the intricacies of Suzuka, and yet we've had so many championships. Damon Hill's championship uh, going to the wire there. Um, you know, it's it's always you know center on Prost. I mean, awesome events uh, but the track itself uh, i know it's changed over the years but it's still pretty impressive isn't it it hasn't changed all that much that's the wonderful thing about it it maintains that old school flow of a spa or a, you know as you say um you know the great the great tracks and talking to damon hill on the grid before the race started and he was talking about the physicality of it and how how much of a, a massive challenge it is and you know as you said he won his title there he had i think probably arguably his greatest race in formula one there in 1994 in that race that was split yep. uh, in two uh, i still think that was his, his finest drive and um it, it remains the same challenge today that it's always been the corners have changed very very little um and as we saw this weekend it's a track where if you make a mistake it bites you in your ass and that's what you want from a racetrack is you know you make a mistake you're in the wall and and it maintains that element of 
physicality, real challenge, and, you know, and bites you in the bum if you make a mistake. I was going to say, I, yes, that's a very American thing for you to say. Bites <laughs> you in the bum. That's that's the World Buxton I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, st- I'm still laughing at that hobo, hobo loan. I hope you've got another one for us today. Do you remember last week? When he, yeah. yeah. Oh, what, the, um, the structural integrity of his underpants? Yes, I like that one. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Well, I still find it amazing that David can say, because... I mean, as 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 an Englishman, there are certain words which you which you can't really say, and and yet David has always been able to say live on air when two drivers are screaming off into distance, he just sort of comes and goes, well, look at these two bollocking along, and um, I've, always, I've, always, I've always found that amazing. Yes, I'm always amazed at Wanker getting into the American parlance these days, which it is always well, interesting. They just yeah, I'd like to thank. Yeah, I think I think I'd like to thank Will Power for adding that into yeah. the lexicon yeah. and nobody really understanding what it meant. Yeah, exactly. Uh, which, which is great. <laughs> All right, well, hey, Will, I want to play some of the interviews that you did today on NBC. I want to start with our race winner, Lewis Hamilton. So let's hear from Lewis Hamilton. Uh, it wasn't too bad. No, no, it's not squeaky bum. It's like clench your bum cheeks one, <laughs> isn't it? It's just like, ah. Um, no, but it wasn't. It was a little bit close. Definitely a little bit close. Um, Max was definitely quick in the second uh, stint. I think he was. I was fine in the first one, well looked after. And then in the second one, I probably did a too slow out lap on the um, after the pit stop, but I felt like I had the time. So it came from three seconds to one and a half, and then I pulled it back out to three, and then it was just generally bouncing around 2.5. And then um, then the traffic, and then the VSC, which did a great job, but then I had no grip on my front tyres, completely dead the tyres um, so unfortunately they did come back but he was right on my tail plus I got a bit of traffic so but once I got in clear of that then I was good but phew, it was a little bit close but as I said it was not too bad yeah that was off the NBC broadcast so uh, are, are you trying to get every Englishman you know to say bum in yeah. one show <laughs> yeah well it's it's an old Alex Ferguson saying the Manchester <laughs> United manager and, and it was I can't remember if it was getting into the final um matches of the season or if it was the final minutes of a match but he famously described it as squeaky bum time yes, to the time when you're you yeah. know you're sort of sitting in your seat and you're and you're moving around and your bum sort of squeaking around in the seat um and so i've always used that and um yeah it's, it's all going it's all about posteriors today isn't it you it's know about one's derriere jonathan yeah. remember what colin edwards it called, called, yeah i was he, about he called, to say he called, he called the sphincter it, yeah this the sphincter shuffler or something yeah, like something that, like that. <laughs> famous MotoGP gp because yeah that was a sphincter shuffler <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, so you know, I was watching and hoping Max Verstappen would. I mean, look, we all know that on those last laps, catching them is one thing and passing is another. But still, I wanted Verstappen to get within a second, get inside DRS and, and give Hamilton a hard time. But obviously with the traffic and everything else, it didn't happen. But I know you uh, obviously you guys were watching the same thing. Will, were you hoping that or thinking that he might catch him? Well, what the mad thing was, we were standing in the pen and um, interviewing Carlos Sainz, who finally turned up to talk about his first lap exit from the race. And um, so I was interviewing Carlos, blah, 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 blah. Thanks very much, Carlos. And Carlos leaves. And I turn around and this 
five second gap is suddenly 1.1 seconds. And you're like, where the hell did that come from? Yeah. Um, so it was, was a real surprise, really amazing. And, and all of a sudden you've got Max almost pushing a bit too hard and getting a bit too Larry behind Lewis. And you're thinking, yeah, come on, don't overcook it. Don't overcook mm-hmm. it. We could get something here. This could be a really, really exciting end to the race. Um, so yeah, of course we thought we could, he could do it. It was, it was just a thrill. Tell us about uh, the relationship that Max is forming with Red Bull. I love that radio communication by him that said, hey, am I, effectively, am I unfettered here? Can I go for it now? Uh, and, and, yeah. and, and the British voice, Barry Milton Keane, said, yes, within Let's reason, play that. Max. We've got that clip. This is uh, Max Verstappen, and if our producer can find that one. Yeah, that's Max Verstappen radio, radio clip, not interview, but radio clip. Let's hear it. Am I allowed to give it everything? As long as you're sensible and you can take an opportunity, then yes. I love it. Thank you. I didn't know you had that one. Yeah. But that, that's very Milton Keynesy, isn't it? It <laughs> yes. is. It is. It is. Play out and it's play the game. Teacher to student. Now, yes. Now, yeah. let's not overdo things. Yes. Um, Flashing was, outside is off yeah, stump. I, mean, <laughs> I think, I think, you know, it was what we talked about after Malaysia, that that win and the manner in which Max did win in Malaysia is that other sort of string to his bow now, that maturity and, and, and him gaining that confidence with the team of, of you know, being able to carry uh, the weight of their competitive aims. So he did did a grand job, to, you know, once again did, did another solid job. But what, what I love is not just the way that he's developing within Red Bull, but the relationship that he's developing with Daniel as well, because it's like, you know, when Daniel does stuff on the podium and he was pulling silly faces on Lewis's Instagram and stuff like that. Throwing water at each other, yeah. Yeah. Max is standing on the other side, just, you know, his his chin's on the floor and he's got this big doe eyes and looking at him <laughs> like like a big brother. He I think he just absolutely worships him and, and the two have such a lovely relationship together. Um and it's gorgeous. It's really lovely to see it evolving because they do genuinely get on. They are bringing the most out of each other. They're both fiercely competitive, fiercely fast, but they, I think they genuinely like each other. And it's lovely to see it, this, this sort of brotherly relationship grow. Yeah, it's, it's been exciting to watch. And I agree that they, it looks like they get along great. But hey, guys, let's take a quick break and we are coming back with Will Buxton. And uh, we're going to talk about, continue to talk about F1 and, of course, the Buxton Bash coming back to Austin. Listen to Speed City live in Austin, Texas. Back after these messages. If you've ridden motorcycles in this part of the country for long, no doubt you know of Bud's Motorcycle Shop. Bud left this world a while back, but his legendary Harley service rides on. No longer is Bud's in downtown Austin, it is now Ravel's Heavy Duty, and they've moved out by the Formula One track. You'll see all the familiar faces, so bring in your new, used, and abused, but there's no sign of shiny showroom prices. So check it out at RavelsHeavyDuty.com. Precision Camera and Video is the largest camera store in Texas with over 10,000 square feet and packed with all the latest manufacturer offerings. Founded in 1976 and still owned and operated by its founders Jerry and Rosemary Sullivan, Precision Camera is committed to the finest customer experience. With hand-picked products and on-hand experts, you won't find a more helpful, knowledgeable and accommodating sales staff for quality service. Come see for yourself Precision Camera and Video, 2438 West Anderson Lane. You have made the right choice. Talk 1370. Hi, my name is Flint Davis, and you're 
You're listening to Speed City. Colette Davis. You know, I'll tell you, Casey, he's on the case. <laughs> I can see why his parents named him now. So he's just on the valise. Uh, what about that was Colette? Colette Davis. She's from the Red Bull uh, Rallycross. Uh, oh, she, yeah. She's not racing this year, but she's a babe and a half, and she's also a heck of a racing driver. And I hope she does get another shot at it, because she's only a kid. She's like 21, and uh, she's fast. Awesome. Hey, you know, what you know what I feel like doing right now? Let's give away some Formula yes! 1 tickets. Why not? But I've got a better idea. Let's give them away from Japan. Let's, let's get Will Buxton in to Japanese, give them away. Because Will is fluent <laughs> in Japanese. Uh, does, does, does this mean I'm going to have to um, pay for international postage <laughs> this from could Japan? Be it. Yeah, this could be it. Okay. No, uh, Will, why don't you ask uh, us? Remember, Austin's still learning to F1. Ask a softball question. No, we'll there's two tickets to see Justin Timberlake, Will, Will Buxton, let's and let, Stevie Wonder. Let's let Will Buxton choose the question. All and, right. and if you can answer the question, call 512 643 Live. 512 643 Giving away tickets. So, Will Buxton, what is the question that you want to ask to give away tickets to Formula One? How hard do you want the ball to be? Would you, would you soft, medium, or hard? I think, you know when you get that soccer ball and it's just the right, you know, you can kind of push <laughs> it a little bit, but it's just, you know, you can head it well without hurting. Oh, okay, so kind of like medium. Yeah. Oh. Do you want a drum okay. roll or anything, or how do you usually do it? Do you want <laughs> a drum roll, drum roll? Right, right. We can drum, get the NBC roll, amb- roll, anthem roll, if you'd please. like. <laughs> Um, oh, goodness. Oh, goodness. Okay. Brought to you in living color on NBC. There you go. <laughs> there you go. But not for much longer. Um, um, well, um, I wasn't going to bring um, that one up. Is something we're happened? Not, we're not. We're not. No, I don't know what you're talking about. No, me neither. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, um, okay, who was the last Japanese driver uh, to reach a Formula One podium? Oh, great question. I like that question. Thanks. And relevant and it's, and it's, and it's very relevant. Wikipedia-able. So there we go. Yes, and I'm sure he was at the race today, actually. Uh, he was indeed. There you and go. he achieved that and he achieved that podium at this very track. So yes. oh, there we go. good good lad he oh. is. One of the best. He is. He's a good lad. He's crazy. Yeah, he's nuts. The danger man. He's completely nuts. The wild man, they call him. They actually call him the wild <laughs> yeah. man. I mean, when you've got a name like that. So that's come on, oh, we've given you every clue we can possibly give that's you. That's right. So. And the number is five one two six four three live five one two six four three five four eight three. So hey guys, let's hear let, let's play another interview that you did today, Will. Uh, I want to play um, Ricardo. In fact, we've got a couple from Ricardo. Let's. I was going to say because because it, it won't be with Vettel. So um. yeah, <laughs> yes, he was seeing the stewards. Thanks to you, we found out. <laughs> you were the one that broke that story. Everybody was going, "What's going on?" Oh, and he was going to see the stewards. Goodness sake. All right, let's hear from uh, well. Daniel Ricardo. He was. Uh, it actually made made my race a little bit more exciting the last few laps. It was a little bit lonely for me. Um, just lost out. The initial start, the getaway, I think we sat there with a bit of wheel spin. So, yeah, lost out to Max and, and Esteban as well. So that put me out of the fight, I guess, you know, with, with Lewis and Max. But uh, we'll have to see what, what I could have done better in those first 100 metres. After that, um, yeah, once I got Seb out of his problems, then when I got, once I got Esteban, I was just trying to do my pace in third and uh, wasn't really too much to do. So at the end, I saw Valtteri coming and uh, I welcomed it because, yeah, I, I wanted some company. So we were able to nearly hold hands till the finish. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I wasn't going to let him 
boot scoot in front of me. Again, that's from NBC Today. Boot scoot. In boot scooting. He likes a lot of Texas that, expressions. That is a te- that's absolutely. Now, that one is a Texas expression well, for he, sure. But he's, de- he's got that book. I know he has. Because <laughs> his first quote from the book was the cover of the book, which is, well, butter my butt and call me a biscuit. I know. He's, he, I guess he likes uh, Texas. But. Ah, it's good. So, uh, Will, what up, Texas? Yeah, what what did you? Uh, what about the start of the race? Any surprise there? I mean, obviously, um, you know, Hamilton did good enough to stay out in front. Anything else at the beginning of the race there? Ocon, Ocon, just flying through, doing a grand mm. job. I thought he was. I thought he's magnificent as always. And people often forget that he beat Max Verstappen to the Formula Three title. So, yeah. you know, I think coming. He's a coming man. He's super fast. Get him in a car that can fight for wins, and I think he will. I think he's. I think he's mega. I really, really rate him. So, Esteban had a great start. Obviously, you know, it was the second race in a row where Ferrari engine cover off with a few seconds to go, and they think they fixed the problem, and it was a spark plug, and ultimately they didn't have time to change it. We thought they had. We we knew it was a spark plug issue. We thought they'd had time to change it. Turns out after the race they admitted that they hadn't uh and that was his problem so he lost a cylinder and and had to retire the car and you know i mean if we're going back to our our, our conversations about derrieres ferrari can't find theirs with both hands at the moment it's, it's a nightmare <laughs> they couldn't yeah, yeah they couldn't uh yeah they couldn't have a yeah i just i don't know what to say i will ask you this though what is i mean is this just a catalogue of Sad mistakes that have just kind of multiplied, you know, Singapore, now, uh, Malaysia, and now Japan. Or is there something rotten in the state of Denmark, so to speak? I.e., is there something wrong at Maranello? I don't. I, it's really difficult. I asked Kimmy that yesterday after the race, and he said that things are much better now than they were in the years when he was winning the world championship, and he has total faith and confidence. And he was actually really good for once. He actually opened up and was really effusive about the team. Um, but then you've got sort of. Then you've got members of the team, you've got sort of, you know, your Arriba Benes and people like that um, uh, saying, well, you have to understand we're a very young team and, you know, when we're, we're still finding our way. And you're like, you're Ferrari. You've done every Grand Prix ever. What are you talking about? And, you know, yes, it sort of mean that we're a young team and that we've we've changed a lot of things at the team and we've changed a lot of people. But... I don't, I don't see how you just lose all of that knowledge, all of that know-how, all of those processes that created bulletproof cars in the past. I don't know how you, how you lose that. I, to be completely honest with you, I'm, I'm not convinced with Arriva Bene's management style. I don't think anybody, well, I don't think many people are. It's divisive. It's ruled by fear, and I don't think that that is conducive to creating a, a, a harmonious positive attitudes at at the team it's how he's always been um there are some talks some questions as to whether or not he will be at the team next year uh in the position that he holds um but yeah it's it's certainly looking at it from the inside it is it's not the way that i think any of the other teams are run and it doesn't look like a happy place to be and it is and it is reflected in the and we've seen it over the last few races people talking about the aggression of the pit crew and and that they're very sort of physical and it's it's become a nasty garage to be around and that's it's not what you want to hear about ferrari but sadly it's it's becoming the truth it's 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 not a nice place to be at the moment that's really sad to hear because as you say over the years and when i was a pit reporter i remember thinking you know ferrari was always uh, a very elite team but always a very italian italian friendly come in and have a pasta and yeah we'll try and get you an interview if we can type thing yeah. um not that yeah. case anymore 
No, it's 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 closed itself off very much. Um, it's it's almost impossible to do anything with them from a media perspective, um, and it's 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 really sad. Whether that's on the basis of politics that goes higher than than uh, where we're at, um, you know, to, to 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 big guys at the top, and you know, them trying to make a point with the new owners, or whether it's just now an endemic thing in the. Um, sort of character of of the team whether it's arrogance whether it's whether it's something else whether it's that they just don't feel they need to engage or or be anything other than, than than what they're being because they're so focused on winning that title and they can't you know think about anything else at the moment so they have to have that singular goal and singular vision which i can understand to a point um you know i'm not sure which one it is but it's certainly you know, even from my earliest days, sort of 15, 16 years ago, uh, you know, when Michael was still racing and they were still at, you know, right at the top of their game, you know, even then it was more open, more accessible than it is now. And that's uh, that's a real shame for, for everyone because they don't get to see the wonder and the majesty that is Scuderia Ferrari. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And you see it at IMSA level, you know, they're so proud of the traditions and of the road cars and, uh, you know, and the race cars that they put out. Uh, we have Ritzy, uh, Ritzy um, Motorsport here in Houston. Yeah. Uh, fantastic outfit, very successful. You know, when you think about what they're doing in GTs and what uh, V-Lander and, and the rest of them have done at Le Mans, uh, superb. And it, 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 right, it's taking, it's taking that shine off to, off of what is you know to any motor racing fan the the kings of, love of the him, sport love them yeah. or hate them love them or hate them everybody wants you, even if you hate ferrari you, it still seems bad if they're not winning, if they're not doing well. It's like so. the Green Bay Packers, isn't it, really? Well, yeah. You, you, you <laughs> could say, yeah, don't say that. You can say okay. that about the, I think everybody said that about the Dallas Cowboys for yeah, years. Know. You know, They were one of the funnest teams yeah. to hate. You yes. know? Yeah, so yeah. love them or hate them. Ferrari, yeah. people the, want them to do well. And the irony is, Will, um, as, you say, as you say what you've just said, um, the rest of the competition, and I'm thinking Renault, and I'm thinking Force India, and of course Red Bull, are catching up. It was this year supposed yeah. to be Ferrari's real challenge of the, the dominance of Mercedes. It's not come to fruition. Clearly, Hamilton really now just has to show up in Austin, and I don't mean that, you know, but it's kind of over. Um, but, and, and also, the, 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 the level, and now with the switches and Renault and Sans going and all this sort of stuff, there's a lot of things next year that will make it even harder for Ferrari to even get to the top, never mind just beat Mercedes. Yeah, this was their year. You know, this was their year to, 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 to put the fight on. And we saw it from Australia. You know, we knew in Australia that, they, that Ferrari had the card. They had the challenge. We didn't know at the time quite how good the Ferrari was and that it would be a car for all circuits and that Mercedes would struggle so much to get itself dialed in. Um, so, yeah, this was their time. This was their, their, their chance to pounce. And... Goodness me, we've gone. If you look at what's happened to Vettel's championship over the last mm. six weeks, I mean, it's been six weeks he's gone from leading the championship to having what is it now, a 59 point deficit? Yeah. Is it 59 yep, points? 59. Yeah. Or 58 points. Which, which, 59. Uh, mathematically, you know, we can win Austin again. He can win. He could actually take yeah. the championship. Yeah, he can win it here in Austin. That's right. Yeah, he could. And that's, that's the amazing thing. It's an absolutely amazing thing. 
Well, well, I'm, as an American, I want to talk about the Haas F1 team, the dual points, double points today. How and about very them? important yeah. ones, too. Yeah, exactly. And super happy. I mean, you saw both guys after the race. They were so happy. Um, and it's all coming good for them. You know, Roman just felt if he if he hadn't crashed in quality, if he'd done a better job and everything, then he could have, you know, he could have really fought up higher into the points today. They were looking at, you know, they were genuinely looking at being on a par with the Force Indias in the race. And they, they could have fought them and... I mean, they 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 weren't sure whether they would have done. I think they could have done. I think the pace they showed in the race was phenomenal. So they're absolutely on pace with the Renaults, the McLarens, the Williams, the Toro Rossos of the world, and they're getting up to the point where they could be fighting Force India. So. As it is, they want to solidify their seventh place in the championship. But if they had the car underneath them in Japan uh, for the rest of the season, yeah, there's no reason why they wouldn't have been fighting for fifth place in the championship. It's really starting to come good for them. And, you know, has to remain a good news story. They're still in their sophomore year and they're just, you know, they're, they're solidifying their place in the sport and they're, they're doing a great job. You know, it's for for, uh, nine points, the difference between Haas and Toro Rosso. Toro Rosso, of course, now with some movement, uh, given that uh, Carlos is going. Um, Could could you possibly see that gap? They're only one point ahead of Renault, um, but nine points off Toro Rosso, who obviously are going to transition now. Yes, I mean, so... For those that don't know, obviously, Jolian Palmer's leaving Renault, so Carlos Sainz is moving in there from Austin, which leaves Toro Rosso with a headache. Um, Danny Fiat will come back into one seat, and he's not exactly high on on confidence (laughs) at the moment. Um, The big question is who fills the second seat, because there is some debate as to whether Pierre Gasly will stay in Japan to finish out the Super Formula season, of which he's just half a point off the the championship lead, or whether he'll stay in Formula 1 to do the US Grand Prix with Toro Rosso. Logic, you'd think, would say stay in Formula 1, but there is no logic, apparently, and um, there is a chance (laughs) to stay here in Japan to finish the Super Formula season for Honda. Um, In that case... Who does Red Bull put in that second Toro Rosso seat? Because they don't have many other drivers, if, if, if not any other drivers, that fill the criteria, have the super license points and could easily slide in. My money would be on Sebastian Buemi. Obviously, he's racing in Fuji this wow. weekend oh, in yeah. WEC. But as I understand it, Buemi has been contacted by Toro Rosso to be on standby. Um, so that's a little exclusive. So, um, yeah, I'm going to say thank yeah, you for that. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. That's all right. Who, who else would you um, put in that rank, you know, if that doesn't come to be, which is a great story, well, but who else? No other red, no other Red Bull drivers have the points apart from Mark Webber. That uh, none of them have the have the super license points. Good point. So it's not quite as easy as just saying, "Oh, we'll take one of our juniors and we'll slide him in." Uh, obviously, you've got Charles Leclerc has just won the Formula Two championship, so he's now got enough super license points. But he's tied in with Ferrari um, and Sauber, so I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, might you look at Sergio Sorokin, who is the Renault reserve driver, maybe even Jolian Palmer. Um, hmm. I, they're the only other ones, but they are so left field and so unlikely as to be, I think, you know, not really worth considering. Tell me about Jolian, though. Uh, you obviously do spend week in, week out with him. He's a lovely fella uh, to talk to. Mm. Um, I feel for him. I mean, there's not a lot of room for for, for sloppiness in Formula One. It's a it's a cutthroat business. But do you feel a little for 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 what's happened to him? Not really. Just wasn't good enough. Um, and I know that sounds harsh, but, you know, he's had, yes, he's had the bum end of the, uh, of the reliability bum. stakes this year. Fourth, oh my goodness, another bum. Uh, Five. <laughs> 
Um, so he's had, he's had, sorry, he's had the raw end of the deal um, this year uh, in terms of reliability. But also when it's come to, you know, really performing, he just hasn't. He hasn't performed at the level that he needed to. And so it was really only a matter of time. And I think, you know, Renault want to get Carlos Sainz in that car ASAP because they know that Hulkenberg's level was starting to drop. Hulkenberg needs a strong competitor alongside him to draw the most out of himself. It's what we saw at Force India with Perez. And it's what he needs now. That car this weekend was easily capable of top 10 in qualifying. And... Hulkenberg didn't do it because he he wasn't being pushed. He, he just wasn't, I don't think, achieving what he should be achieving in that car, which put him on the back foot for the race. He had a great drive flying through until his DRS broke and put him out of the out of the Grand Prix. But he should have been in the top ten all day. He could have been with the Force Indias in those early laps, you know, racing top three, top four, top five, and putting Carlos Sainz in the seat next to him will elevate Hulkenberg's level to where it should be and the performances that we should be seeing from him. Because at the moment, I think Renault know that Hulkenberg's not performing where he needs to because he doesn't have that person alongside him pushing him. Still hey, yet to have a podium. Amazing. Really. All right, guys, we got to take a break. Uh, Will, I want to read this tweet to you, and we're going to get the answer when we come back. It says, uh, oh, uh, God, it says, uh, <laughs> it says, Arriva Benet has, he said, I'd be surprised if Arriva Benet isn't at Arriva Derche at the end of the season. Hey! And also, we have a caller. Hey! We have a caller. We have a caller. We're going to take that after the break. Listen to Speed City Live in Austin. Bum-steer. Back with Will Buxton. More with Will Buxton after these messages. racetrack it's where legends are born where only the finest machines earn their reputation for innovation and dominance such are the nameplates you'll find at aston martin of austin lotus of austin bentley austin and rolls-royce motorcars austin exotic iconic automobiles whose racing heritage turns everyday driving into an inspiring journey because you're never just along for the ride highway 183 north of mcneil road Precision Camera and Video is the largest camera store in Texas with over 10,000 square feet and packed with all the latest manufacturer offerings. Founded in 1976 and still owned and operated by its founders Jerry and Rosemary Sullivan, Precision Camera is committed to the finest customer experience. With hand-picked products and on-hand experts, you won't find a more helpful, knowledgeable and accommodating sales staff for quality service. Come see for yourself Precision Camera and Video, 2438 West Anderson Lane. Ambia Gusta motorcycles are the epitome of Italian style, precisely crafted with a passion for two-wheel art on wheels. Ducati Austin are the only Ambia Gusta and Ducati factory authorized technicians in Austin, servicing all European brands. Check the Brutali Sport Naked, the most extreme essential naked bike ever. Or the Turismo Veloce 800, the first revolutionary tourer to be built by Ambia Gusta. Or if you want a pedigree steeped in racing, then look no further than the World Supersport winning triple F3, 675 and 800. Or go all out for the ultimate legendary F4 MV Augusta. Italian style with Texas soul. Trade-in, consignments welcome and financing available. Ducati Austin and the home of MV Augusta at 818 Breaker Lane, just east of I-35. 1370. Hi there, my name's Derek Bell. This is Speed City. 
man, I love that song. It gave me goosebumps. Ah, it's so sad. Tom Petty. I mean, uh, he, was our, he was our man, man. Tell, tell our Will age. what you told me about Saturday Night Live. Oh, yeah, Will Buxton. I don't know if you saw this, but Saturday Night I Live did. <laughs> opened with, you know, Jason Aldean, who was on, on stage in the Las Vegas shooting. He They opened Saturday Night Live with Jason Aldean singing Tom Petty's, uh, let's see. What, won't Back Down. Yeah, Won't Back Down. It was, oh, wow. It was really awesome i mean it was it was really i mean it, the the emotion it yeah. was really incredible and last night at acl i was uh, the first uh, song by spoon which is a great austin band uh, live in the in front of their fans they did um uh free falling and three red bull guys came out of the plane and uh free fall into the concert pretty cool Wow. Oh wow, amazing. amazing. All right, well we we got two yeah. things. We want to um we want to get your Oh, I just take- want to say you had Derek, had Derek Bell yes. introducing that. I in- I interviewed Derek on Tuesday for my first book, which is coming. Oh, oh, let's go for the plug, my friend. Go. Let's hear it. Yeah. Well, well, first of all, I need a publisher uh, because we all know how the world of publishing yes. works at the moment. So I'm, I'm currently in, this, in the phase of uh, doing my interviews for the book, uh, and it's going to be a book on uh, the – well, the working title is My Greatest Defeat. Uh, and it is stories from 25 of the greatest racers uh, currently living uh, about the moment they hit rock bottom. Mm-hmm. And how they came out the other side, and what it taught them about themselves, and yeah, how it made them a stronger person, really. So it's going to cover. Yeah, I hope one of uh, Mr. Bell's teammates, Brian Redmond's, on your list because he is a good storyteller. I can tell you, isn't he just? Isn't he just? It's uh, yeah, it's going to cover Formula One, Le Mans, Indy, NASCAR, and Rally. So uh, it's wow. going to be great. So uh, awesome. tentative release date for sort of uh, early next year. Oh, well, great. And by the way, come on and, and, and let us know uh, we'll from time to time. Yeah we'll, yeah, we'll give some books away. We did that with the Weber yeah, book. Um, and yeah. by the way, the Weber book, fantastic book if you've not read it. Uh, and I would have thought oh, yeah. anything that Will is involved in, given his knowledge of this sport, would be a fascinating read. So look out for that, folks. All right, well, we're going to get the answer to the tweet here in just a second. But we got a caller on the line. Steve, welcome to Speed City. How's it going? Do you have the answer to the question from Mr. Buxton? You know, I think I got it, guys. I had to, I had to think about it for a little bit, but uh, I think it's Takuma Sato. Takuma Sato! Arigato! Let's go to Japan now, live <laughs> with Willy Willy Bimba Buxton! Is this true? You got it. You got it, Steve. <laughs> it's, 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 it's incorrect. <gasps> okay. It is? It is. It is. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Darn it! Well, so I'm sorry. Do we have it? <laughs> well, Steve, thank you for calling in and giving it a shot. <laughs> no problem, guys. Thanks. All right, all right. Well, we'll have to catch the next caller on that. But hey, uh, Will Buxton, the the tweet came from somebody you might know. His name is Mark Holler, and he yes, I know Mark very well. And he's the one that wants to know if Arriva Bene is Arriva Dirty. Is Arriva Dirty? Exactly. After this season, um, yeah, I think I, th- I think I think he might be. I, I mean, if it looks now as though Ferrari are going to lose the teams and the drivers' championships, I, th- I think he's gone. And who would you put in there? I mean, would you? Is there somebody in within the Formula One paddock now that you see as an obvious uh, potential? No, does not. And I think it, it's going to come from obviously it's going to come from from Marchioni and what and you know who he wants to put in there. You know, they tried putting in somebody from the business side with Mattiacci 
that didn't work out. They've tried putting in somebody from a marketing background who is Arriva Bene, and that hasn't happened. So, you know, I think they need to get back to... To, to, to the guys that understand sport, the guys that understand racing, you know, somebody like Jean Tot, who was very good at picking the right people, delegating responsibility, creating, you know, uh, autonomous departments that had their own responsibilities and ultimately all answered to him. But giving them enough rope, giving them enough uh, uh, sort of ability to do what they did best. So that was where Jean was, was really good. Domenicali was really good. And I think it's only now that we see how good Domenicali really was and how, I think, badly he was treated in the end by the team. Uh, because everything they've done since the, since the Domenicali era and, you know, and after Tot left, uh, none of it's worked. And they, they need to get back to racing and, and understanding, um, you know, racing and just letting people get on with their jobs highest pressure job in motorsports maybe one of the oh, highest yeah. pressure jobs in the world i yeah. mean I, sheesh, I wouldn't take that job that the a, expectations are so high and the tofosi uh are you know i mean they're like they no expect. other fans if, you know they yeah they do quite literally expect well and you do you get yeah. you get a ton of money you get you know every driver want you get the best driver every driver wants to race for ferrari you get the best of everything you better do good so. and well what are the budgets yeah. bet- roughly between ferrari and mercedes is it on a par now these days or is mercedes still spending more it's it's on a par but when you look at the fact that ferrari have the historic payments and then the tv money and blah 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 blah, blah ferrari don't actually and you know they get the money from from philip morris as well ferrari don't actually need to turn any form of profit at all because they've got their season paid for before it's even begun so you know ferrari are in a unique position in this sport um you know because of their because of the, i guess because of their history because of their position i think it's something which in the new agreements being bashed out by liberty media they won't have it quite so uh, so rosy um but uh, but yeah there's they're similar budgets it's just that mercedes has to find that money and ferrari has it uh, has it handed to them well, well, Buxton, I want to ask you about the Buxton Bash coming back to Austin. We touched, yes. we touched on it at the top of the show, but I want to let you talk about it some more. Well, it's, it's, it's great. I mean, we're, we're really looking forward to it, and we couldn't have done it this year without you guys uh, on Speed City. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's all down to you and the help that, that you've given and that, that Les has put in. I think he's having a holiday at the moment. Yeah, I think he's, of uh, all the work you gave him. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, no, I'm, I'm, I'm hugely appreciative of that. And, uh, you know, it might be the last one ever. So, um, so no, I'm just it say, won't. You know, no. Well, who knows, man? At the moment, we just don't know. So we're going to look at it as this might be the last one ever. Well, we'll um, do it again anyway, in posthumously. Well, well, exactly, exactly. The, the, you know, we did the first one five years ago, so um, you know, in, in similar uh, sort of situations, similar circumstances. So we'll do the maybe the last one this year, and uh, it's going to be great fun. It's an excuse basically just to get everyone down and have some fun and have some beers and and see the weekend in the right way, and. Uh, and that's it and that's all it's ever been really and you know the goodness the first one we did was a karaoke night so it can't get worse than that and uh it's it's just good fun the venue is amazing clearport atx right in the heart of town on east sixth and um yeah i just can't wait to see everybody down there and really just start the austin weekend off in the right way Yep, it's going to be a blast. And I, like I said at the top of the show, Will, I think the thing that's the most interesting thing about it is that it's it's kind of an intimate setting and little a chance for people to get a little bit close to the people that they follow in the sport. 
Absolutely. And, you know, the one rule we've always had, and everyone's been so good at respecting it, yeah. particularly in this, you know, social media uh, world, is we ask people not to film anything. You take as many photos as you want, but don't click that little button on your camera that says video. Um, because that means then that the drivers that do come down can be completely free and say whatever they want. And it's been one, I've never seen one video from a bash when the drivers come down. Everyone's been really good about it. And so that, you know, stupid questions can get thrown up and the drivers can answer, you know, with wanton abandon and, uh, you know, and, and, and swear if they want to and say the wrong thing that their press officer is standing in the corner of the room with their head in their hands going, oh no. And, you know, and that's what it's about. And it's that fun. And, and just having that respect that, it's it's for all the folks there it's for them um for them to have fun and it's you know it's not to be shared it's our little it's our little night i love that I and think, it's for charity yeah that's right yes it is it is it's all for charity it always has been um we've raised goodness almost a hundred thousand dollars uh, over the four bashes that we've held so far so yeah all to all to benefit local charities and as you say it's a, the susan b Komen um austin arm of, of, of that charity which we will be benefiting and the whole austin weekend is pink in fact will be it's pink. It's pink for, for Breast Cancer Awareness Month. I do uh, hope you've got your pink tires, stuff, pink. you know, ready to go, Will. I'll be expecting it. <laughs> well, I mean, you guys don't see what I wear away from the track. This so, is uh, very <laughs> true. Though, um, <laughs> have yes. A, have a whole wardrobe. Have a whole wardrobe. <laughs> just, for, just for Friday nights. We can always ask Jason. We threw a little page up on our website. It's speedcitypodcast.com slash buxton dash bash. Just to get... If you forget the information, it's Thursday night and all that stuff, but it's uh, it's up on our website as well. So, I got a couple more questions yep. for Mr. Buxton. One is, uh, well, first of all, there is a very fine show on NBC uh, called Global Rallycross, and I will be there for the yes. finale in um, L.A., probably with your good mucker, uh, Mr. Diffie. Um, and it's a great series. Um, but here's a question for you. Could you ask your mate, Fernando, who likes to do the odd race, especially for Andretti Autosport, if he wants to join the championship leaders, Scott Speed and Tanner Faust, for a run at one of the, one of the races next year? Ooh. I think there'd be more chance of seeing a Mr. Jensen Button doing that, if I'm totally I honest I think with that's you. a really good call, because that's <laughs> been rumoured, and Honda are very much involved in the championship, too. How about both yeah, of them? Well, I, listen, I think Fernando right now wants to focus on the triple crown and maybe go for the quadruple crown after, after mm. that. Yeah. Um, he's he's going to have to be um, quick. No, Montoya's on the case and uh, is flying around on sports cars today, I may add. Right. Absolutely. And that's that a cure. Doesn't that look beautiful? I know. How good is that? Oh, what a start. I think that's a beautiful car. I really do. Yeah, people forget how Honda, how successful Honda are in motorsport worldwide. Yeah. This Formula One thing is a blip, I can assure you. All right, guys. Well, we, yeah. got, we got to wrap it up. And hey, before we go, Will, we, uh, we got a winner on Twitter. It's the same gentleman, Mark Holler. He said, I think we have a winner. You tell me. <laughs> you tell me. Kobayashi is what he says. Kobayashi is your answer. Yes. There you go. Mark Holler just won some tickets. We will tweet at you, Mr. Holler. So. <laughs> awesome stuff. All right. Well, Will Buxton, thank you so much for coming on the show. And we will see you in about t 10 or so days in Austin. We're so excited. And we will talk to you then. And, of course, at the bash. Can't wait. Can't wait, guys. And thanks hey, for all th your help. And we'll thanks for your time, days. man. I know it's early morning. Appreciate it. Uh, uh, travel safe. Thanks, mate. See you soon.
All right, guys. Well, let's go ahead and take a break. And when we come back, we're going to have a little more discussion about Formula One. There's a few clips we didn't get to play, and we will be back after these messages. motorcycles in this part of the country for long no doubt you know of bud's motorcycle shop bud left this world a while back but his legendary harley service rides on no longer is bud's in downtown austin it is now Ravel's heavy duty and they've moved out by the formula one track you'll see all the familiar faces so bring in your new used and abused but there's no sign of shiny showroom prices so check it out at Ravel's Precision Camera and Video is the largest camera store in Texas with over 10,000 square feet and packed with all the latest manufacturer offerings. Founded in 1976 and still owned and operated by its founders Jerry and Rosemary Sullivan, Precision Camera is committed to the finest customer experience. With hand-picked products and on-hand experts, you won't find a more helpful, knowledgeable and accommodating sales staff for quality service. Come see for yourself Precision Camera and Video, 2438 West Anderson Lane. Chance at $1,000 is tomorrow at 7 a.m. on Talk 1370. This is Alex Kearney. This is Speed City. Speed City. I like the way he said that. Famous name in American racing. It is a famous name. I know. Uh, we get kind of spoiled with all the bumpers we've gotten. It's pretty cool. It's very cool. I'm, I'm going to start running some trivia. Uh, leading up to the race on American Grand Prix. I think it's a great story, a great, uh, you know, we've got the historics as well as we've got... The beauty of this weekend in two weeks at the Circuit of the Americas is we've got not only Formula One and the chance to crown Lewis Hamilton again um, for his fourth title, uh, which will equal Vettel and will also uh, be getting ever closer to the great Fangio. Uh, at five. So um, we're doing that, but we've also got the F4, the youngsters, the future. Back. Uh, br- br- yep, Brendan Leach, uh, who I'm going to get a, an interview with from New Zealand. Uh, he's coming back uh, as one of many youngsters making their way through the single-seater ranks. And Brendan's also signed up for the Toyota Racing Series again, which I'm delighted. Lots of uh, Americans in that. A lot of Americans have come through that, including Santino Ferrucci, um, uh, Ryan Tavita, um, Will Owen. Um, so all good guys who are on their yeah. way up and um, you're going to see those guys in the F4 crowd and there's a lot of, you know, Loomis and uh, uh, Kirkwood and all those other guys coming up from Formula 4 so we'll be seeing them in action but also we've got historics so a chance for us to see some beautiful historic cars and like I said relate the American history and heritage of Formula 1 racing which sometimes because of its rocky past here till thankfully the circuit of the Americas exploded onto our uh, <laughs> onto our little old Elroy um, has often been forgotten so I'm always glad to be able to, to bring that up so we'll be doing some trivia uh, what else we, we want to do you want to put another interview or what have you got yeah, I just, I wanted to, we've just got, we've run out of time, really. I just want to make sure we talked about all the different things that were going to be at the weekend, and you just did a bunch of that, because mm. um, obviously we got the concerts, the Stevie Wonder, and Sunday night is Stevie Wonder, and of course Saturday night is... And qualifying, just in case you didn't know, has been put back to late afternoon, so that you can literally watch qualifying. Right. Yeah. It's like four o'clock in the afternoon, so you can watch qualifying and then go and see Justin Timberlake and see how your dance moves are. 
<laughs> that's great. I'd, I'd forgotten they were going to do that. That's actually really cool. And, um, and another reason to... Uh, Qualifying is 4 o'clock to 5 p.m. So yeah, put and, that then, in and then Timberlake's at 7, right? Uh, yeah, roughly. So that gives you plenty of time to down a few beers or uh, a few glasses of water and head over to um, Mr. Timberlake. Mr. Timberlake. Uh, so what else, Mr. Green? Um, oh, uh, we didn't get Inga on the show today. By the way, oh, we yeah, are yeah. blessed. Inga Stracker, former pit reporter. Uh, me. Oh, hold on, let me stop. Ex, let, me, ex- let me stop here. So we just had the current pit reporter. Yes. Uh, for NBC on, you used to be the pit reporter for ESPN. In 96 and 7, yes, yeah, and I was reminded of it today. I've still I know, got the suit. I saw that. Act, yeah, you still have the suit. I'm ready. I'm ready. I, would you still fit in the suit? No. You didn't fit in it back then. And either. I think Buxton's, you know, still still looking pretty good and, and sprightly <laughs> and r- willing to do all the travel, too. I bet you could still get into the suit. I would give it a go. <laughs> ESPN, if you're listening. I'd love to. You were the last pit reporter I for could, ESPN. Uh, yeah, but I wouldn't want to compete with Will <laughs> in the pit lane. I know, it's true. But then, and then but there's had, plenty of room with ESPN. Then, no worries, it's a big company. Inga, our German, German Formula she 1 She was a pit reporter, too? Yeah. For, who was she a pit reporter for? I want to say... Uh, she, she did Germany, radio. Right? She, yeah, she did German radio, and she's done TV as well. She actually did American radio uh, here um, back in the day. Um, back oh in, yeah, yeah, yeah. with so, uh, with Andrew Craig. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. So yes, yeah, she's. So we we're very blessed with our correspondents. Uh, delighted to have Will uh, for the last couple of weeks. I know, it's and been we'll keep, uh, we'll try to keep that going as well as much as we can. But um, yeah, um, so you listen to the right show, folks. Um, we've got all the inside line here, and we'll be keeping you up to it, to date with it. Formula One coming up. The Speed City crew will be at the Circuit of the Americas. We'll be doing the play-by-play with Bob Costanduras. And um, looking forward also to Michael Buffer. Oh, yeah, let's get ready to race. Yes. <laughs> the producer just, just knelt under the table for a minute then. Yes, yes, uh, he let's did. Let's get ready to race. To race. Hey, uh, one last thing before we run out of time. I just saw uh, somebody sign up to win on our website. Mark Olson just signed up to win. Good man. And you can go to our website and uh, and check us out. So speedcitybroadcast.com. We are out of time. Talk to you next week. Follow us on Facebook. Come on, Twitter. everybody. Let's see those Justin moves. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.